Hello and welcome to the Marketing Agility Podcast. I'm Frank Days, your host tonight. We're coming to you live and in person from Tangy Slice World Headquarters somewhere in the suburbs of Boston. But before we meet today's guest, I'd like to say hello to my co-host, John Cass. John, it's been far too long. I think it's been over three months since our last podcast. And, and to be honest, there have been big changes for both of us. I know that you've changed jobs. I changed jobs. You relocated to Boston. Well, anyways, enough of the boring stuff. We're back on the podcast wagon and welcome. Well, uh, it's great to be back here, uh, Frank. And actually, this is the first time we've been together and recorded a podcast in the same room. That's true. Ten, 10 plus episodes, and, and we did them all remotely, you in North Carolina and me here in Boston. It's good to be in the same town in the same room. I'm glad to be back podcasting. Well, this is a special episode for me as well, because I'm welcoming someone I worked with in a previous life, Brian Singer, who I'm going to mess up his title, Senior Marketing Manager for Cloud Computing at BMC Software. How close was that, Brian? That was close enough. Uh, I, I'm actually the lead solution marketing manager, and that's really important to me. Let me. If you know me, you know how Besides important that is. Besides working together at Novell, <laughs> Brian and I spent a lot of time working on a couple of skunk works like projects, uh, which the, the fundamental way we manage the projects were with Agile. The other important thing I wanted to mention to our listeners today is that I'm really glad that Brian is here because it wasn't that long ago that Brian really hated my guts. Is that true, Brian? <laughs> There may have been some things that happened that uh, that, that made you. Uh, I wouldn't say hated, oh, maybe covet. Yeah. So is there's the right a fine word? line between love and hate. I know <laughs> in all relationships. Well, the good news the good news is that our relationship has survived all these trials and tribulations, and the fact that you and your new job and my and my new job are, I think, our direct competitors in our markets. Yet we remain friends to, to the bitter end. <laughs> to the bitter end. Thank you uh, very much for oh, having great. me. Frank. Why don't we get it kicked here. off? So the first question I wanted to ask you, which is a really important question, what's it like to be back in waterfall land? Um, it, you know, it actually is a little bit of an adjustment, though I'll say that the pace of everything is faster than it was toward the, toward the, the final days of Novell, <laughs> shockingly. <laughs> um, and uh, looking back when you were at Novell and uh, Agile Land, uh, can you share some of your experiences with Agile? Yeah, so you know, we I ran a few projects with Frank, uh, with and for, and worked for Frank on a few projects that were run agile. And you know, one in particular that we worked on together was really developing a new community site. And we, you know, we had several participants from uh, different sides of the company that that came in to contribute to this effort. Uh, and, and I would say that the biggest change was just the the output of the team. Because there were no excuses, there was no, nowhere for anybody to run and hide, and everyone was just so engaged that, uh, that you know we were able to execute on this project in, in you know probably a third of the of the time that, that you know I would have expected any team to be able to do and it. How did uh, each of the projects get started? Well, I mean, I think any project has to start with an idea, whether you know you're responding to something that a competitor is doing, or you know you see something else that. Uh, See something that someone's doing that you like, and you want it, you want to try it. Um, you want to, you know, change something that some process that uh, that's happening inside of the company. Um, you know, whether it's driving at something new or taking, you know, an existing process and changing it to make it more efficient. It, it, it all has to really start with a with a champion, right? Someone's got to get that idea in his head of, of a concept and a goal of where he wants to go, right? And then, and then Was Agile something of that. a revelation to you? I mean, uh, the, the techniques and uh, and everything else, did that, was that a surprise once you started doing it? Well, I mean, I think, I, you know, I, I, come, I come from a development background familiar with with 
different software development methodologies. So, you know, I'd seen it work pretty well on the engineering side of the house, but was probably a little skeptical at first when, you know, applying it to, to marketing just because everything is so collaborative in marketing. So you know, there's a lot of things that where you, you have to go back and forth between individuals. And, you know, it's, it, it, my first reaction was it'd be a little bit harder to sort of parcel out the work in a way that would that would really work well, um, you know, within the, within the context yeah, and of the you ran of into the problems project. for us at Novell. We were very much a planning-centric environment. I mean, we had this interlock process we did every six months, which was, I think I estimated 27 spreadsheets, nine spreadsheet, one spreadsheet for each product line and three spread, one spreadsheet for each geography, you know, three times nine equals 27. So the idea of agile was really heretical, if you to think about it. It was something that I had been trying to find um, a sucker, I'm sorry, uh, a candidate project, someone who was bold enough to actually want to try it and uh, go and champion it. We had, I think Brian and I had talked about, he had a big product launch coming up for a major product iteration, uh, you know, a major number release for one of his products. And we had talked about that and we just couldn't get a critical mass. Uh, we couldn't get consensus on it. And we had this Skunkworks project, uh, which was a site for log management security pros and um, we're fortunate enough to really use the the skunk works kind of approach as a way to kind of pilot the agile yeah i mean i think if you go in and try to change a process like you mentioned the uh the planning process that already exists where there's, you know, there's a lot of entrenched interests and a lot of uh work that's already been done to engineer that process you're gonna you're gonna inevitably butt heads with some people who have a pretty big stake, right? Whereas, like you said, if you take the Skunk Works approach, there's really no politics involved, and nobody, nobody sort of has a uh, has a vested interest in in stopping you from being successful. So it's it's it is much easier to you know get your first wins in Agile um, with, with the sort of and it was really you know, great because we project. were lucky. I mean, Brian's boss's boss, uh, Justin Steinman, who I poked at on my personal blog a few times, but I give Justin a ton of credit because. Um, he had the courage to, to be an executive sponsor for us. I mean, he really took the time to go out and help us find the money for the project, but he also ran a lot of cover for us. And he, he among others, would always tout this mantra of failing fast, although you know it wasn't something that we often did. But that really helped us have a project, Skunk Works, something that everyone it had a decent amount of visibility among some senior execs, but we were trying to get to, we sold it on the idea that we can get to results much more quickly if we stayed outside of a lot of the established processes and uh, just made it happen. How did you collaborate with some of the uh, the outside team members to keep them informed about what you were doing? I think that it was just a matter of, uh, actually, I give a lot of credit to Frank for, um, you know, sort of understanding the political battles and, and getting in front of them. You know, specifically on the, you know, and this was a, you know, he mentioned a website. So from an agile standpoint, we wanted to be able to sort of own the the overall, you know, deployment of that site and, and just be able to do what we wanted with it. Right. But, you know, politically at a company like Novell, that's probably not so popular because they want things, you know, I think for, for security reasons and whatnot to be in the data center. Frank, understood sort of the where the political lines were drawn got got was able to get out ahead of them so you know i think it's important to have 
like Frank mentioned, an executive sponsor, right? And then also to understand, you know, what the entrenched interests are and insulate the team from that so that the team that is that is trying to execute and produce is only focused on, you know, their tasks and their deliverables, right? And then and then maybe assign one person to to go out and be the evangelist. Yeah, I think it was true. I mean, I had, I had the good fortune of having a great relationship with uh, Ryan Smith, who was our uh, director of web marketing. And, you know, we involved him really early in the process in some of the super early meetings and explained to him what some of the parameters were and some of the ways we were doing it. So things which were quite difficult, like hosting a site on a third party shared host, you know, a, kind of a $79 shared host was heretical, was actually, you know, I don't want to say it was taboo, but it was a bit more risky than people were willing to take. But we, um, he kept him in the loop from day one. We had a you know a producer from his team on the team as well, so he was scrumming along with us. And you know he ended up being one of the, the strongest team members because he he could always find a way to get stuff done, or if we had a problem somewhere in the technology infrastructure, buying domains or hooking up with our Eloqua system, he was awesome. And I think it's a delicate balance. And at least if if you don't try to go around people, I mean, there are some times when you, you know you'll, you you want to go rogue. But I think in a bigger company, a Fortune 500 company like Novell was, trying to keep people in the loop and trying to build those alliances early is pretty important. Well, and I think that the other the other important point is generating buy-in in that sort of situation is all about setting forth what our requirements are, you know, and what, what Frank did a great job of was going saying, Ryan, look, this is what we're trying to do, right? We've got this agile process in place. We want to launch this thing in three months. Um, you know, these are the requirements that we have. And, you know, very quickly, you know, in more of a consultative approach and, you know, very quickly came to the conclusion together that, you know, the sort of standard processes wouldn't work in this situation. I, I did want to go back on something because you've actually outlined a lot of the team members already. But uh, can you tell me what the rest of the team, who the rest of the team members were in terms of roles? Yeah. So, I mean, I think we had one guy, uh, like Frank mentioned, that was more on the on the website, on the integration side. Um I was pretty much leading the content along with some help with Frank and a, and a third-party writer that we hired um, to help us out. And we had another team member who was, you know, really instrumental in, you know, understanding within the context of, you know, all the other marketing activities that we were running, you know, where this would fit and then tying up all the loose ends and tying it into our other marketing activities and, and helping be an internal yeah, it was kind of an unconventional project. project because we had the guy who did probably the most web development, the most work on our blog was a, was our, our field marketing manager for our security products, Todd Harris. Right. I think that's actually an interesting thing about agile is that what, what ends up happening is, you know, the, the traditional roles that folks hold sort of melt away. And what you get is people contributing in ways um, that you might not have expected because the task is out there, right? You've, quantified everything in terms of tasks and someone it's very easy for them to raise their hand and say oh that's actually something i that can do a lot. maybe it's not their yeah maybe it's not yeah maybe it's not their traditional domain but it may be something they have expertise in and, and that's not going to come through in sort of a waterfall approach because you're going to parcel out work just according to people's yeah, job was, responsibilities you know a couple of things that we did we ended up uh Mr. Matthew T. Grant, who's now uh, executive editor, I think our managing editor at Marketing Profs was our original blogger on the site and, and managing editor for the site. Um, he took that high-powered job at Marketing Profs. I'll make a plug to Matt. Uh, good friend, and uh, we missed him. Uh, was easily, we slid in Jeff Cutler, who's been you know, Mr. at Jeff Cutler, uh, everyone's favorite social media lunch in Boston. 
um, came in and filled right in into the slot. So we were pretty fortunate. And then Brian did a smart thing, which is he went and hired a, a rock star. This is a, a domain expert. Brian, don't sell himself short, his like four or 500 Twitter followers and has a pretty has a pretty decent following and is relatively well known in the security space. But we went and found that's How a many nice followers you have to, I appreciate I, I, that. 250. About, uh, about 250. But I'm hoping to gain a few more. After we had um, <laughs> Anton Chivakin, who was a very well known um, security blogger. What do they call him? Ninja? Ninja, I think is the term. That- yep. He's actually he's actually a Gardner analyst now. They they were so impressed with the work that he did on our website that they hired him. Well, that's good for you. And so we he would occasionally write some pieces for us. Brian did some podcasts, and you know, being in agile mode, you, we we would scrum three times a week, and we'd be in this mode where we were frequently watching the web stats, seeing what content is working, and uh, and and iterating off of that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I think the ability to, I think what what agile gave us, right? like Frank said, was the ability to react really quickly. If we saw a particular piece of content was working well, we could make, you know, increase our investment in that type of content. If we saw something was just, was not doing anything, then we, we could ignore it. Um, and that was true both on the content side and sort of more on the, 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 the search engine optimization side, right? We could, we could make tweaks. And since we were meeting three times a week, you know, it was very easy to sort of parse the results and, and generate really positive results. And actually, that site in particular was incredible because... I think we shot up from like number 400 on Google to I think the fourth or fifth hit on a very competitive. Oh, that's great. That's yeah, great. I think we got there and I think we got to page one in like 60 days and we got to position three and I want to say 90 days or 100 days. It was something in that. It was, it was an amazing run. But yeah, I mean, meeting three times a week. We would come back and say, these are the keywords that are working for us. Um, you know, this is the content that we need to be writing about. And plan, you know, we'd be able to, you know, instead of having a monolithic planning process where we, you know, you maybe get together once a quarter and say, all right, this is the next eight weeks of, of content. We'll come back when this is done. We would change week to week hmm, what we were going to put out. I mean, what were the, the other thing you can think about? We had a pretty funny culture on the team. I mean, we had... It was always a long-running jokes, especially with a you know with either Jeff or Matt Grant on the team. You get a, some pretty random sense of humor in there, but um, some some random when Charlie Sheen was the trending topic, a few Tiger Blood posts, um, our obligatory RSA posts. I mean, we 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 were. I don't want. I, I think shameless is probably too strong a word. Well, maybe it isn't, Brian. You think? Oh, we were I think shameless. by being agile, it gives you the ability to watch and respond. So we were. If Charlie Sheen has his has his reality show and he's melting down. We were blogging stuff almost the same day. Well, that that speaks to what uh, we did. Uh, we went, we did a podcast with David Merman Scott a couple right. of months ago, right. and he had written a book about real time marketing. He made that point that agile marketing is perfect for the real nature, real time nature of the the web and and acting to news as it comes out. Totally, totally. So yeah, you talked a lot about content and getting into the midst of how you were running agile for content production on a, on a weekly basis, but what were some of the mechanics? You know, what was the sprint duration? How did you manage the scrum? We had one month sprints. So we took a theme, you know, and, and right out of the box, right, the theme might have been, you know, let's get the, uh, you know, let's get the, the first version of the website laid down, right, as our, as our first sprint. The second sprint might have been, you know, let's make sure that we're connected in with all the systems that we need to be connected in for, for marketing purposes. And then I think our third sprint was was something like you know let's get let's get the content spigot going and then it was SEO and then back to content et cetera et cetera. But taking that sort of once a month view, looking back over what we did, 
and prioritizing what was the most important, right, to reach our, our ultimate goal was, uh, was, I think, was key. And then, like Frank mentioned, we would scrum three times a week for 15 minutes, so never long meetings. And actually, I think, you know, pretty enjoyable meetings because of the chemistry we had on the team. So, you know, it was, it was actually something to look forward to. And then, you know, you were able to drive, we were able to drive results pretty quickly out of those meetings. To the, uh, st- stark contrast to the cadence calls, which were really standard in our culture at Novell. Those, they were hour-long scheduled meetings going through a 300-cell spreadsheet and, you know, line by line by line by line. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there were no, there were no PD. I mean, I know in, in some Azure processes, you, you know, you put together a PDF of results. There were no PDFs or anything like that. It was just, we tracked everything in a, in a Google Doc, in a, in a spreadsheet, and, you know, basically just went task by task. Uh, after we captured them. And actually, Frank was nice enough to be our, our scrum master for this. And it so moved fast. I, I think that was job. always the key part of it. We never got too hung up on. I guess, you know, this is something that's come up in our podcast on a regular basis is the marketers we've talked to haven't been very dogmatic about agile. And I don't know if that's because marketers are marketers or if that's because it's still not mature in the marketing realm. But most of the people we've talked to have, have used sort of a, a looser version of agile. But it's helped them just move faster, which has been the key benefit. How do you know? How did you know if you were successful? I think we were we were very much looking at at the results that we were that we were getting. I, I don't know for this project in particular, it was pretty clear. We would set a goal: let's get the website up, right? And we would just get there, and it was just clear that that we were being successful. And then the goal was, you know, let's get to you know a hundred page views a day, right? And then we we would hit it. So I, I think it was. Part of it was in each of those sprint reviews, the the hour long ones, once a month, right? We were pretty clear about what our goals were Great. for the next month. Yeah, and I think you know, as I I used to always explain to people, this project we had our time to results, our time to page one, and getting to like 50, 75 leads a month from this site was about the same time it would have taken us to launch the the site itself if we had used our standard processes at Novell, which is kind of amazing. Standard kind of, you know, wireframe the website, get it into the queue for our web developers and, and get it, you know, get the domain purchased and get it rolled up through our standard IT systems. It just would have taken much longer time period. So we measured it in terms of results and time to results. So let me ask this one last question to Brian and because we, uh, we've been trying yeah. to do, make this, the podcast series more educational to people and for people who maybe want to get started. What advice would you give to someone who is not running Agile in their marketing team but wants to get started? I would say just jump in, right? There's, you know, there's some very fundamental constructs you can put in place. The, the, you know, longer term sprint review with all the stakeholders, and then the, the, the daily or, or, you know, three time a week sprint meetings. Keep the meetings short and just dive right in, right? And, and very quickly you'll see that um, the, the sort of agile process is actually driving a lot more activity out of the individual people because they're not waiting on other people to do things. If there's some issue that comes up, right, it gets resolved in a day, not in a week. And that's, you know, that's really the key. Just, uh, just dive right in and don't get all hung up with all, you know, all the methodology. Um, there's some very simple rules of the road, I guess. And then Great. The rest well, of Brian, thank you. I think we're bumping up against for it for time go. at this point. Just before we go, I just want to see if I give you a chance to plug something that's going on for you. You blogging anywhere? You podcasting anywhere? Shout out to anything that's going on? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll give a shout out. Uh, I'm blogging on the, the BMC Cloud blog. If you go to communities.bmc.com, uh, click on the cloud initiative. That's uh, that's where I'm posting these days. And I'll be at uh, VMworld. Great. Well, thanks, Brian. 
Well, I guess as I mentioned a moment ago, we're running up against the time here today. Well, thank I think like to thank Brian, our guest, for joining us today. Before we take off, shout out to John, uh, my co-host. John can be found at pr.typepad.com. Also, if you're interested, the pot you can find the podcast at agilemarketingblog.com, and we are still on iTunes. And on behalf of John Cass, myself, and thank you again to Brian Singer, and thank everyone for joining us, and have a great evening. Thanks for having me, Frank. Bye now.